Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast, where we're dedicated to revealing what keeps women leaders successful and sane. We address challenges like being an executive mom, enabling more women to rise, and fueling our own minds, bodies, and spirits. These conversations are unapologetically real, insightful, and from forthright women themselves. Let's do it. Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast. And over the course of several weeks, we have been focusing on the curriculum for our Forthright Women group stand in your power, redefining the art of being an executive mom. And we are now on week seven. And I am joined here by my co-founder of both forthright people and forthright women and candido and we're gonna cover the topic of becoming comfortable prioritizing yourself welcome back ann yay happy to be here april (laughs) you didn't get a choice yeah i know all right so as you guys know we ask a couple questions and we get into quick fires and ann's far better at the quick fires so we can spend a little more time in this upfront with her (laughs) we'll see um yeah that's what you ask me that's also fair Okay, so Anne, I would love it if you could talk a little bit about why you and I felt that this particular topic of prioritizing yourself was so important to the curriculum we are running for all of our executive moms. Yeah, I think this one's a a really tough one, and it's kind of like the culmination of all of the ones that we've talked about before and have come before us Yep, um, in that we can theoretically understand that yes, we could or should prioritize ourselves, but putting it into practice can be very, very difficult because of all the perceived things around us that we feel obligated to fulfill upon, that we feel like people count on us for, that we feel like if we didn't do this, we're going to be letting all these people down. So there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of uh, emotion that's really tied into kind of flipping it around and saying, oh, okay, I am going to prioritize myself and I'm going to feel okay doing that. So we spent extra time on this week to really go through the critical points of trying to really just manifest this within each person so that they can come from a different place, which is the sequoia that we use as our analogy all the way through. Yeah, I think it is such a good point, and I think you're exactly right. As you were talking, I was thinking about the mindset shift that is actually needed here to get to this point, and we were also strategic in waiting until week seven to get here, right? Right. Because we were like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that has to be unpacked and worked on and lots of homework before we can even really bring up this topic, and I think it's because we fundamentally as women want to believe this however when it comes to executing upon it yes we have a really really hard time forcing ourselves to shift that mindset and it it is really a complete 180 in a lot of cases yeah absolutely all right so in helping women get over the hump for this one talk a little bit about why it is of such great benefit and when you get to the other side as obviously we feel like we have embraced as forthright women what that can look like it's really about understanding how your presence impacts everybody else around you and sometimes it's a hard one to really internalize that for example when you aren't happy chances are that nobody else is happy around you. Really good Like point. when I'm not in a good mood or I'm not feeling like I'm fulfilling what I'm supposed to be fulfilling and I'm just in that place, 
it's hard for my husband then to be happy around me because I'm a reflection of that. And he's trying really hard to make me happy and nothing's working. So therefore he's frustrated. My kids are frustrated because I'm taking it out on them to some extent. I mean, the work environment around you, a lot of times some of those personal brand characteristics that can not work so hard for us and come out in these moments and our behaviors and actions start looking like we start snapping at people, become very short with people. We don't collaborate as well. So all of these things start to manifest themselves when we ourselves aren't happy. And so that's just one of the points of the four points. And I can go into others if you want me to, but we have you know, 15 minutes here, but I think it's a matter of just like that is being like kind of the cornerstone. It's like, if you're not happy, nobody else is going to be happy around you. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you bring up a good point, which is the allowance for it. And then also realizing that where you're sitting right now may not be an actually positive place, even though Mm -hmm. you might be putting everyone else before yourself. Because as you were talking, I guess, I was thinking a little bit about that whole lens of if I'm unhappy, others around me are unhappy. And usually it comes from a place of me not focusing enough on myself in order to have enough energy to even be in a good mood around the people that surround me. So I think it is a really good point. And the other thing I want to say here is I think we fool ourselves into believing that we do a really good job of putting that like stiff upper lip. I can, you know, muscle through and whatever. But I mean, my kids know me so well that if I have a certain look on my face before (laughs) I even say anything at seven and four, they will ask me what's wrong. So just keep all that in mind. Well, I think that's a really good point too, because I think, and that's like the fourth point, which is kind of the culmination of all this is that you deserve it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we're like, we don't want to reward ourselves. We wait for somebody else to give us the recognition. We don't take it upon ourselves to say, you know what? I deserve to refuel. I deserve to take care of myself. I deserve to invest in myself because when I am the best version of me, then I can help others be the best version of themselves. Yeah. And I I would offer that plug too to anybody that feels the executive mom guilt of I work and therefore I'm not always with the kids. I am the first one to say I am a far better mom because I work. And on the other side of that, when my kids try to guilt me or or even just ask the question of how come you work and -and so-and-so's mom doesn't, I am very fast to explain to them that mom does better at being a mom to them because I have these other outlets where, to your point, I am taking care of myself. Yes, absolutely. All right. Are you ready for some quick fire questions now? All right. Bring it on. What would you do with an hour of quiet time to yourself? Well, I will say, interestingly enough, yesterday I was really enjoying sitting out on my patio, reading my book on my phone, and I was like, gosh, it'd be really nice to have a glass of wine right now, but I didn't feel like getting actually up to go get it (laughs) Um, because then I would be like distracted by other things that are going on, and the weather was just so beautiful in my backyard, I've, I've totally cultivated to be like an oasis. So I have my koi pine. It's this like nice patioed area. I'm behind me is green space. So it's just a very calming and it's a very restorative place back to the point that we were just making about how important that is to take care of yourself. Even when Tony came home, it's he was supposed to go make dinner. So he came down to say hi. And I listened, you know, for a few minutes about what was going on. And I'm like, 
yeah, don't you have dinner to make? You're paying my time. This You're is preserving my time. your time. Yeah. Right. And right. I think if it's not that, if it's an indoor activity, it's my jigsaw puzzles. I could spend hours yep. doing that. All right. So you mentioned wine. Red wine or white wine? Depends on the season. So, Or it depends on the temperature outside, actually, frankly, because our seasons are getting a little wonky here uh-huh. in Cincinnati. So if it's cold I will go like the deepest red ever. Like I love just the warming effect. That's also why I start drinking bourbon is like in the winter. And then once it starts to get this about this time, which is kind of spring, but it kind of goes back and forth. I think a nice white, especially a New Zealand white uh, or a rosé, which sounds a little weird because that feels like a little bit lighter, but it's a good transition wine. It has some of the flavors of the reds mixed with the white. So it kind of feels like a good transition wine. So white's, in rosés, rosés are transition wine, whites in the in the hot, although I'll do a rosé too there, and then the reds in the cold times. I tend to agree. All right. Would you prefer to present in an intimate setting or on the big stage and why? Oh, I definitely prefer intimate settings because it allows me to have exchanges with the audience. I love having the interactions. I feel like you can do it in a keynote. But generally, a keynote is you sharing your wisdom with the audience and the audience listening. I feel like that's becoming a a bit of an archaic way of presenting or sharing information because it allows for no feedback from the audience about what are they gravitating towards? What are they interested in? What kind of questions do they have? And that's where the audience gets true value so I like the intimate settings where you're allowed, you have a little bit more flexibility in order to go do that. So you can make sure you're giving the best value. So when you walk out of there, they have something they can go do and you're creating the impact you want. Yeah, it's interesting because I typically would default to the bigger audience, but I'm actually finding myself lately to your point about the energy and the feedback, finding it way easier, which I didn't always feel that way. But it's like you you can feed off or internalize, like you said, and then give back so much more in a richer sense. Totally agree. And usually the people, if it's a smaller group, are there because they want to be there. Yeah. Versus the bigger group is usually everybody you know, in this function or this business or whatever. It's a bigger and, you're, and it's harder to satisfy the audience. So there you're just hoping you reach 25% of the people. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a small intimate setting, you can make that number like 80. That's fair. All right, so workout-wise, cardio or weights? I do both. I prefer the weights because I am really good at moving a lot of weight quickly, which can turn into cardio, so I guess it's cardio weight. Combination, yeah. But it's what I'm really good at. So even me looking around the gym as a 47-year-old woman, like I can kick some butt in the gym. (laughs) I still look good, like with what I'm lifting and, you know, because I used to, I was a certified personal trainer. Um, I've been trained by master trainer. So it's just one of the things that I am really good at. I've competed in some of those, not CrossFit specifically, but some of those CrossFit competitions. So it's my superpower when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Cardio, if you call it walking, I like walking and listening to my podcasts or music but today I did walk run where I call it my workout which is a quarter mile walk quarter mile run and I alternate that for four miles so it's interesting because you're high intensity weights and lower intensity cardio which kind of goes against the definition I used to be higher intensity cardio but I just don't like it as much yeah totally fair 
All right, last one here. You have had a rough week and deserve a reward. Do you go out or stay in? It depends on where my energy is. So sometimes if I've had a hard week, I am an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert, whatever way you want to put that. <laughs> um, so sometimes I, if, I, if it's been like that, I just want to stay in. We have a, a closed uh, Four Seasons room. I love sitting out there, watching a movie, drinking some wine, eating a good dinner. My husband cooks or DoorDash and just chilling. Um, but if it's been one of those where I feel like I haven't been out there then I'd rather go see friends, go out, have some fun, let out some steam, go someplace to dance. I mean, something like that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fourth Rate Women podcast. We so appreciate all of the Fourth Rate women out there. And Anne, thank you again for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Being a Fourth Rate woman can be challenging on a good day, which is why we offer individual and group coaching as well as group trainings and keynotes. Check out our website, forthright-women.com to learn more. If you find this podcast of value, please rate and review us and share with other women who could use a boost to become a forthright woman.